we love Laura Branigan. Not We're, big fans of Kathy, though. <laughs> could take or leave Kathy. <laughs> Brunch, hit it, boys. Hey, um, we're not sure if this is going to work, but we saw it in some commercials and it got people a lot of money. Uh, Hulu has live sports. Sure does. It's, it's That's not an ad, by the way. It's just a, it's just a fact, apparently. I don't know. I don't have we, Hulu. We, we said... It would be we, funny if they didn't have live sports. Hulu has live sports. Maybe. Nothing's... Ha- Hold on. Do you say it? Hulu has live sports allegedly. Who I'm gonna Hulu has live sports. Do you have to be in that that room with a green room and everything? Normally, uh, it, I I believe if you say Hulu has live sports a few times, it's you like just get uh, money. It's like clicking your uh, heels together, saying there's no place like home. A bunch of okay. Hulu has live sports. Maybe Hulu doesn't do go. You try tr- money. And I want it now. I have a structured settlement <laughs> and Hulu has live sports. What the fuck? Yeah, I want a refund. Are you still a Hulu guy? Oh, yeah, dude. You you know one thing about me. <laughs> I'm an everything guy. Yeah, I know. Are you, wait, are you really still? Are you still a Hulu guy? Are you still a Spotify and Apple Music guy? Spotify, Apple Music. Wow. Amazon Prime. Well, that's not that crazy of one. No wonder uh, your wife divorced you. Hulu, like. Yeah. If someone were to do, you know, when people are like, here's a millennial who makes $20,000 a year and <laughs> saves $8,000 a month. And it's like some ridiculous bullshit pie graph thing. Yeah. Uh, if they did a breakdown of like, uh, here's a millennial who makes X amount of dollars. Here's a breakdown of his spending. <laughs> it would be like, rent subscription things uh he can't name all of his subscription things uh what else your Uh, life is basically like that tweet have you ever seen that tweet that's like uh here's my budget and it's like five hundred dollars food two thousand dollars rent and then like six thousand dollars candle on candles per month and it's like i help i'm not good with finances what do i fix my family is dying that's that's your life except it's six thousand dollars of subscription services that actually probably would would be it yeah I'll, i'll just never cancel it and i have the bougie one i have the uh i have the ad free one Ah, I I thought about uh, switching over to Spotify because it's like ninety nine cents for three months. So I was like, hmm, Spotify is just easier for sending stuff to people. More have it. Um, I don't fact, care about I, that. Yeah, in fact, I was trying to share something with someone who I knew had Apple Music, and I have Apple Music, but I haven't opened the app on my phone in so long. And I was like, I forget. I don't want to remember how to share stuff on it, so I just didn't send it to him. And now I still haven't opened up Apple Music in like five thousand years. Uh, speaking of music, Carly Rae Jepsen's album came out last week, and I love it. That is great. I feel like I'm I'm in such a weird place with Carly Rae Jepsen. I obviously love her so much. Uh, 
she's just an absolute party. What's not to love? But man, party for one, the hype, the build up to it, and then it being so lame really took some wind out of my Carly Rae Jepsen sales to the point where I haven't listened to the new Carly Rae Jepsen because I just can't get excited about it. How weird is that? I mean, it's not that lame. It's it's. It's lame in this in the way that like every Carly Rae Jepsen song is lame. Yeah, I think it's like twenty five percent cheesier, which doesn't sound like that much, but she hits the perfect kind of threshold of uh, of like good pop and super duper cheesiness. Like I, I I can't go as far as Party for One. But if you're totally out on this album, or like. Refusing, I'm not. I'm getting. I'm gonna get refusing into this album at least based on that song. You're not. You shouldn't listen to Taylor Swift's new album for like two years. No, I mean, just just my excitement is uh, is quelled. Similarly, I love Sarah Bareilles more than anyone. She's one of my favorite artists. She's put out some of my favorite albums uh, in her run, and her new album's kind of lame. So I, she she's playing here. Tickets went on sale, and I didn't buy tickets wow. to see Sarah Brell. I'm very much in like a, I can lose interest in the musical artists I love, which is very weird. Would it make you feel any better if I said that uh, Party for One is the last song on the album? Uh, as far as sequencing, or it's the worst song on the album? Uh, sequencing. It's the dead last track. That makes me feel so much worse. Really? Yeah, I, I, you're supposed to have something big at the end of an album. Not necessarily. I, I yes, like it. yes. I, even if it's not a single, it's supposed. To, it the last song on the album is either a big song or it's a fan favorite. It's something that means a lot to to fans. And man, like the, the I remember the, the party for one music video was dope. Had yeah. that guy in it. Uh, the uh, all you bitches looking raggedy. You know that guy? Yep. Uh, it, was, it was a very internet uh, video. Yeah, well, it worked for me. I muted the video and just watched my man go get it. I think he was in a tub at one point. I love that guy. I've looked up his name twice and forgotten it immediately both times. But one of my favorite tweets ever was uh, our uh, friend, Bruntouchable, uh, Lauren, tweeted out, when Patrice Bergeron returned from injury, uh, and it was like uh, waking up as a Boston Bruins fan with uh, Patrice Bergeron at full health, and it was that video of him being like, "Oh hey, <laughs> like I uh, see like all you bitches out there looking jealous." <laughs> it was so perfect. It was like the perfect way to describe Bruins fans uh, knowing that they have Patrice Bergeron. Uh, yeah, but the, the Carly Rae album. The first listen through, I wasn't totally, uh, wasn't totally crazy about it. It was just like, ah. and then it like Carly Rae Jepsen songs. The more you listen to them, the more they just bury themselves in your head. Ear uh, candy, total earworm. And uh, there, are, there are a few songs on that album that already uh, like I'm, I'm obsessed with. Um, Want you in my room is just the best song on the album. It's fucking unbelievable. Such a, such a fun stupid like 80s style pop song and then too much is unbelievable i think those are the two best songs on the album and possibly songs of the summer songs of the summer discussion i don't know it's probably too late for it to be song of the summer 
No, man, it's it's only May. We're we're pre pre Labor Day. No, so man, okay. you don't get it. Songs of the song of the summer. And it's not my fault. It's not your fault. It's it, we're smart people. We would say a song of the summer can come out in July, but that's just not how it works. Right. Song of the summer has to come out honestly. Has to have like, established momentum. Ex- right. Exactly. So like we're talking legitimately, uh, maybe as early as February, but you're talking. April generally is the sweet spot. And that's why this one, I said it last episode, Old Town Road has it sewn up in spades. Speaking of which, did you see the Old Town Road music video? I did not. Oh, my God. It's awesome. Chris Rock's in it. Uh, I mean, Lil Nas X is in it. That kid's got got a smile for, for days. Oh, he's, I mean, I love his persona. His persona is great. Um, did you see him on John Mayer's uh, current mood? No. Oh, yes, 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 yes. yes. It wasn't very impressive. Yeah, he was, he was very uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I like, have we talked about current mood? Yes. No. Uh, Current mood is, uh, it's something that I'm very angry, uh, no one had thought of before John Mayer. And then I'm happy that John Mayer is the one that thought of it like a Sunday night, uh, live stream. That's just basically mocking a talk show. Absolutely. Perfect. Really funny. He's great on it. The guests, uh, range in awkwardness. They can be uh, a little awkward. Maggie Rogers, probably like 15% awkward. Lil Nas X, 200% awkward. Halsey, uh, sixty percent awkward, but when John Mayer's there, it's gonna be uh beautiful no matter what. But I will, I will check out the Carly Rae Jepsen album. But I'm just, it's weird. Like emotion, second it came out, it's all I cared about. I knew I, I want to learn everything about it. I absolutely loved it, and Party for One just really, really halted, uh, halted my my momentum. Interesting. Uh, speaking of musical momentum, should we hit on the stupid Gloria stuff now or do Hell it yeah. later? Let's just do it now. We we got to mention the fact that the Bruins and Blues are meeting in the Stanley Cup final like I saw coming. And now it's the perfect, perfect scenario for a Gloria War. It is. We will now be able to hear both versions of Gloria <laughs> on any given night. Uh, the The Laura Brannigan Twitter thing is really reaching new heights. It has escalated. And it it dawned on me yesterday. It's not appropriate. It's not inappropriate to just be like, yo, you know, she's dead, right? So that's what we're doing now. We're pointing out to Kathy, like, hey, you know, it's super inappropriate to tweet on somebody's behalf, especially somebody who wasn't alive when Twitter came out. Like you are literally... You're speaking for someone who has absolutely no say, A, in what you're saying, but B, the fact that you're speaking for her. This is the most crooked thing in the world. Uh, and Kathy, not only speaking for her, speaking for her as like a high schooler. You're yeah, like, is that like how a, Laura, a petty high schooler. Is that how Laura Brannigan talked back in the day? If so, then cool. Like Canceled. Then Kathy is uh, carrying on her legacy but boy oh boy it just seems so so inappropriate and when you spell it out for her like hey if you're really mad at us and you have these opinions that you that we don't know Laura Brannigan would have 
Maybe try twitter.com slash sign up and make a Kathy account. Right. Yeah. You, you absolutely dunked on her uh, earlier this week and she came back with no response. And what so, was it? When you were like, that is also my question. When she was like, oh, no. Yeah. 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 I, I said, like, uh, I said, in all seriousness, like not making any dead jokes, wouldn't it be more appropriate for you to be tweeting these things from your own account? And she was like, wouldn't it be more appropriate for me, the legacy manager of Laura Brannigan, to tweet something from my own account? And I responded, yes, that is what I'm asking you. Like, please, please give me any sort of clarity as to why you feel yeah, it's appropriate she, to do this. She she uh, came out of nowhere and did the whole, like, just clarifying this thing. Gloria is not <laughs> She's so stupid. Song. And your friend... You and your friend Pete Blackburn could go crawl back into the hole you came from or whatever. And you responded, in all seriousness, wouldn't it be more appropriate to tweet this from your own account? And then she replied, in all seriousness, as Laura Brennigan's legacy manager, why would I administrate her official social media under my name? SMH, Rolly I emoji, Kathy, other half entertainment. And then you responded, yes. That is my question. <laughs> so I th- that so means good. so I'm th- that's an accidental dunk because I misread that. I thought that she was coming back at me, being like, "Are you are you saying? Uh, do you mean to say like why would I be tweeting on her behalf?" And I'm like, "Yeah, no, like, that's that's like she what? was coming back with like sass of her own, and then you just just dunked on her by like made it a cell phone. It is a, it's she." How does she not understand? Like, yo, like, you know, that's a picture of Laura Brannigan, right? Is she, maybe she's, uh, you know, the episode of Seinfeld when uh, Jerry starts dating the girl who's going to play Elaine and uh, she's like, uh, kiss me like you'd kiss Elaine. How did Elaine kiss? I want to be everything that Elaine is. And then she like gets it in her head that she is Elaine. I bet that if you go up to Kathy on any given day and you're like, Hi, uh, my name's CJ. What's your name? She'd be like Laura. Laura okay, okay. I'm Laura Brannigan. <laughs> yeah. She has her hair like all like blown out or teased or whatever they did back in the '80s to look exactly like Laura Brannigan. She thinks that she is living in Laura Brannigan. And if you were to say to her, "A la Jerry," I'm making a lot of Seinfeld references now. "A la Jerry" with Donna Chang, you know, you're not Laura Brannigan. She'd be like, uh, well, Twitter says otherwise. <laughs> oh, my God. This blue check mark and picture that I uploaded to this totally creepy, totally creepy Twitter account says, says otherwise. We start. We, I mean, we started this bit as a, as like sort of a troll to blues fans. But now it's it, it's, was, it's, it's it really was half, about Laura Brannigan's estate. Yes. I mean, it was half a troll to blues fans but it was initially mocking the bruins and how lame don't stop believing is and how like yo if you're gonna do something lame and or if you're gonna do something unoriginal you might as well do something dope so just (laughs) steal this gloria thing and this would have been dead in five minutes oh yeah but it, then it, someone had to tag Dead Laura Brannigan, and we were like, well, let's see what all this is about. And then Dead Laura Brannigan responded, what a creepy, creepy thing. How is nobody – I don't know how big that office is. Maybe we can call other half entertainment. 
We should, and, and we should ask to speak to Kathy. We, we I, uh, I saw that um, she was doing like a an appearance on oh, on like some St. Louis radio station to talk about Gloria. I was like, Kathy, what are you doing? Just Dude. sit in the shadows. I wonder if there are only two people at that company and they're both dumb, which is why it's called Other Half Entertainment. Uh, because if they if they had any sort of PR team or anything, they'd be like, "Yo, like you got to reel us in." Although you know what, maybe this is like a this is how Trump got elected sort of thing, where they're like, "Let's just make as much noise and be as ridiculous as possible, whether or not we're doing the right thing morally." And maybe Gloria will get some some more hits or plays or whatever. I can't imagine they're making that much money off it. It's like like streaming doesn't make you any money. It's not like like is Kathy gonna go on tour now? If Kathy's gonna go on tour playing the hits of Laura Branigan, then maybe other half uh, entertainment is in business. Otherwise, what's this all for? Someone's just living out their dream is acting like someone I forgot about like a thousand years ago. Cool. Nice, Kathy. It's uh it's it's unbelievable. And the Bruntouchables are 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 basically astonished that we've gotten this much run out of the uh out of the, the Gloria thing. And and these are people that know that we love to to get as much run out of dumb things as possible and still this is probably the dumbest thing that's ever happened to the podcast. Yeah, I mean, Family Guy is not my favorite show. It's a very funny show, but I definitely uh, identify with their style of comedy, which is to make a joke, run it into the ground, and then run it five miles further <laughs> into the ground. So this is actually going splendid for me. Whenever I check my mentions and it's somebody responding to somebody saying, which one i just hit the roof i'm so happy the best one so far by the way i forget who this was to this was to one where like the like blues fan hive was really out in full force and a bunch of bruntouchables started responding which one it was like a lot of them and one of them had the gif of jared from silicon valley all strung out having not slept in like three days going which one which one which one? Which one? Which one? Great job, Untouchables. Keep going, and also just keep tagging uh, Laura Branigan because we're it's it, we're not doing anything bad to Laura Branigan. We're paying tribute to her. We love Laura Branigan. Not we're, big fans of Kathy though. <laughs> could take or leave Kathy. <laughs> Before we go any further, I want to talk about HelloFresh. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step -step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. Uh, it's simple. HelloFresh makes conquering the kitchen a, a reality with deliciously simple, simple recipes. They do all the meal planning, shopping, and prepping for you so you can focus on a healthier you and get a happier family if you have any interest in that. Cooking is, e is enjoyable and easy. Uh, they're fresh, pre-measured ingredients and easy to follow six step pictured recipe cards are delivered along with the, the meals and in, in that specially insulated box you can spend less time meal planning and grocery shopping and get to the cooking and eating and uh, that's the part that you love so make delicious uh, recipes every week they have three plans to choose from 
classic veggie and family and you have the option to switch between them when your tastes change so you can switch things up and keep it fresh uh, enjoy fun menu features with the HelloFresh's dinner to lunch 20 minute meals and gourmet in one pot wonders so get out of the recipe rut and start cooking outside of your comfort zone and subscribe to HelloFresh. They've sent us some some meals. They're pretty delicious. They're super easy to make, even for an idiot like me. So you can't really go wrong here. Uh, For $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash brunch80 and enter promo code brunch80. That's $80 off your first month of HelloFresh by going to HelloFresh.com slash brunch80 with the promo code brunch80. Okay. Well... That's the last of the the Gloria talk for this episode, for but but certainly not the last of. I mean, I hope the series goes on a while. I think it's going to go pretty long. I'm I'm guessing. Uh, I'm saying Bruins and six. That's what I said. Whoa! What I said. I think it could go seven though. I wouldn't mind if it went seven and the Bruins won at home. I think it could too. I also think that the Bruins could lose because the Bruins haven't been at the top of their game for a lot of this postseason, and I feel like people are snoozing on that. That always happens, though. When a team makes a deep run, no one really takes stock of, hey, how well is this team playing? They're like, oh, they're here, and their momentum is probably going to carry them to a victory. And I'm like, yo, remember that time the Leafs and Blue Jackets outplayed you kind of a lot? And then you got to have you got to basically go to camp for a week. <laughs> yeah, but doesn't that doesn't that work more in the Bruins' advantage that they haven't played their best hockey and they haven't still peaked. in the Stanley Cup final? They haven't peaked. No, I mean it, it works to their advantage that um they have such they they so have the best remaining team and did uh after the first round that even if they weren't playing their best, and even if they were being outplayed, there was still a good chance they were going to win simply because their roster is better than right. the other teams. Um, but not to like break it down too much or whatever, but St. Louis, man, people were sleeping on them like crazy going into the Western Conference Final. I don't understand why. Like, I thought the Sharks would win that series, but I also was like, yo, the Bruins better hope that the Sharks win this series because the Blues will basically do exactly what Columbus did, except They've got like Colton Pareko, or Pareko and Alex Petrangelo and uh, Ryan O'Reilly. Also, there's been a lot of buzz about the pronunciation of Alex Petrangelo's name this postseason. And uh, I've yet to, this is very off-brand for me, I've yet to look into which the correct one is. Is Interesting. It, is, do you know what it is? I think it's Petrangelo. I've always said Petrangelo, but now people are talking about like Alex Petrangelo. The best player whose name you're saying wrong. I don't know if people it's maybe like Pietrangelo. I think that people incorrectly or correctly are saying Peter Angelo. That's not the correct way. It can't be that. It's absolutely I, not that. Unless it's, it's like unless it's like a Marshawn Marshan thing where people were saying it wrong for years and years and years. You just accept it's it. fucking Petrangelo. Okay. Yeah. I love Alex Petrangelo, by the way. Blues very, very sneaky. I love Colton Pareko. Yeah, Blues Sneaky have a lot of players that I would like start a franchise with. I love I I love Ryan O'Reilly. He's like a, I don't know if I'd start my franchise with him, but he's no, he's but no, but I'm saying like if you're building player, absolutely, he's the new Patrice Bergeron. And then once Patrice Bergeron won a cup, they were like, "This guy hasn't won a Selkie yet." And we were like, "Yeah, no shit, you idiots!" And then he won sixty Selkies <laughs> in a row. So yeah, this should this should be a fun series full of. Uh, Lots of good hockey and terrible Twitter behavior from Kathy. 
mm-hmm. friggin' Kathy. Uh, we're going to be a, a playoff series full of beards, but if, if you're not interested in that, guess what? What's that? Harry's Razors here for you. Yes, yes. New new sponsor for the podcast, Harry's Razors. Uh, I don't have any experience with them, but you do because I can't grow facial hair. Uh, yeah. But what do you love about them? I love the way they, they've they got – you. There's a real blade about it, you know? Right. They're very like, they're a very sharp company. It's they're let me think of how, how I can say this so everyone would understand. Um it's v- very sharp, like good gets you a close shave, but when you're holding it, it's not gonna like cut your hand or anything. It's got a it's got a real uh like area of it that you could that where it's safe to hold. And when you put it over your face, as long as you put the 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 sharp part on your face, then it's only your hair that's gonna get trimmed. Like you're, we're not talking. Hey, I tried to shave today. My, my, now my hands are all bloody. You're not getting that with Harry's. I I promise you that. Nice. So what what would you, what would you say that your like emotion is while shaving with Harry's? Uh, safe. Nice, perfect. Safe, that's, safe on the hands. I think that that's exactly what they're going for. But uh, Harry's founders were tired of paying upfront for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned, and and possibly dangerous. Right, if the blades yeah. were on the hand. They know that a great shave doesn't come from gimmicks like vibrating heads, flex balls, or handles that look like spaceships. Those are tactics that leads brands to Yo, uh, raise I've prices. Wonder, I've, I've got we we got to get a Kathy on the show. <laughs> Also, the founders of Harry's be like, what razors were you encountering? <laughs> Spaceship razors? Man, I mean, Harry's is the best. No, I wonder they were sli- no wonder they were slicing faces open. You, yeah. you weren't buying razors. You were buying spaceships and trying to shave with them. That was, in fact, a model <laughs> spaceship to which you attached a razor, and then you sent like the remote control towards your face. And uh, Sir, you tried mess. to shave your face with a Millennium Falcon. <laughs> uh, they fixed that by combining a simple, clean design with quantity or quality, durable blades at a fair price. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Now, to clarify, when you walk in, do they have like very, very, you walk into the blade factory, it's super, super high ceilings and everything, and you're like, oh, this looks like a spaceship factory. Do you think? Do you think the uh, the the blade factory that they bought was for like razors, or were were they making blades for other things? I don't know. I mean, is there? Is it like uh like buying a barber chair where there's just like a bunch of old ones that you can go buy? Is there like an abandoned blade factory (laughs) you can you can grab, or do they build it from the ground up? It wouldn't surprise me if, with the quality of Harry's, they built it from the ground up. You know what? The quality of Harry's is fantastic. They've received over 20,000 five-star reviews on Trustpilot and Google. Okay, let's just get back to the the bottom of it. Do you think the guys from Harry's uh, sleep in, like, spaceship beds? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Word. Yeah. Uh, Harry's replacement cartridges are just $2 each. That's half the price of the Gillette Fusion Pro Shield. Wow. Really coming for the throat of Gillette Fusion Pro Shield. Coming for the throat with a nice close shave. Uh, all Harry's blades come with a hundred percent quality guarantee. So if you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a free, a full refund and also a free spaceship. 
Um, I, I join, think the, I might, go ahead. go ahead. Oh, join the 10 million who have tried Harry's claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash brunch. Uh, that's a $13 value trial set that comes with everything that you need for a close, comfortable shave, uh, including weighted ergonomic handle, five blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel and a travel blade cover. So if you listen to the show, you can redeem that trial set at harrys.com slash brunch. That's harrys.com slash brunch to redeem your offer and let them know we sent you to support the show and also ask for that free spaceship. Coming for the throat with a nice close shave might be an episode title. That is that was a that's just a million dollar line. I'm uh, bad at I'm bad at these reads and like coming up with taglines on the fly, but I'll I gotta say that was pretty good. Yeah, and you just did that one very nonchalantly. Like it didn't seem like you just threw it in. You didn't even pause for laughter. I would have given it to you. That was really good. Um, you know what else was really good? John Wick three. It was. It was really good. Um, I will. I'm not ready to say that it's the best of the three. Oh, I'm I, ready to say what it is of the three. The third of the three. Yeah. Nice. It's no like le- legitimately. I and I, I I wanted to save that for a little later because I didn't want to be like, hey, new John Wick came out. It's the worst of them. But blah blah blah. Um, I do think that I would I would probably rank it third. I still have to see it about five more times. Uh. John Wick is a very rewatchable series. You got to I don't know why I feel like you got to watch it a lot because it's pretty straightforward. Someone's pissed at him or he's pissed at someone <laughs> and everybody's shooting each other and it's a lot of up close shots of guns. Yeah, I guess yeah, I guess we're going to go with all I have a take and I was going to save it, but I'll go right off the top as well. It's the most self-aware franchise in Hollywood. It knows exactly what it is. It knows exactly what it does well. And it just sticks to those things. It doesn't, doesn't try to reinvent the wheel or, or get crazy or get more ambitious with each movie. And if, for the most part, I think that's a good thing. It's we're getting exactly what we all want. When we go to see John wick, have people set uh, the shot, uh, the shot of John wick riding down the, street in new york to old town road yet uh i haven't seen it but i would not be surprised that was dope he's just riding on a horse in the middle of the city shooting people uh my favorite thing about john wick i had a few favorite things about john wick uh one is uh this movie is uh just a whole lot of uh planning to change statuses i would say that that took up like 80 percent of the movie is uh, shots of the I don't know what it's called, but uh, wh- wherever they all wh- whatever the the high table uh, people have, like the people on the phone, it's just a lot of shots in there of people planning to change something or someone's status. A lot of uh, excommunicado. Yep, a lot of uh, John Wick excommunicated in twenty minutes, and then just someone like filing that paperwork, and they're like, uh, John Wick excommunicated in 10 minutes and then someone filed that paperwork i'm like yo you need to file paperwork every Every single time (laughs) like just do one thing for paperwork that says john wick is excommunicated and then stamp it right then and they they keep stamping all those things it's constant like it's constant shots of that and you're like man okay we get it you don't need to do this so much and then they do that again when they're deconsecrating the um The, the, the continental the continental 
and a lot of shots there, of people planning to to change statuses. A lot of chalkboard uh, shots as well. Yes, big like, chalkboard people. There's as much chalk and uh, rotary telephones as there are guns and knives. Also, the knives scene so good. Oh my god the 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 first the first like few scenes of the movie. The opening thirty minutes of the movie is the best part of the movie. And I would agree. The, the the knife scene is the peak of that movie. It, it is so fucking good and so fucking funny. I was laughing out loud in the theater just at the absurdity of that knife scene. And that's the that's like the majesty of jo- the John Wick franchise. They show you combat in ways that you've never seen before. I've right. never seen a room full of people just throwing knives at each other and not like boo 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 boo. Just like ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh what was your favorite uh dialogue of the movie uh probably the one million times that they discussed changing the rules it's so oh. much so much rules talk in this, this movie. is yeah this is a very um uh what's the word uh shoot um i i'm, I'm not coming up with the word because it's uh it's the crack of of 10 in the morning uh, it's it's a very uh, like procedural uh, yeah. movie. A lot of again, like just constantly letting you know that someone's someone or something's status is being changed. A lot of negotiation of rules. It's a very good point on your part. Uh, the the person from the high table, the very scary woman, who yeah, the, means absolute what's, business. What's her What's her uh, the adjudicator or something? The, something. I'm, I'm some word like that not a math major Adju- okay adjudicator or something yeah, something just just she's she's basically out. a glorified lawyer or you yeah. know what she is she's, she's scary you, you know what she should have been she should have been um one of those people that serves papers who yes. like, gets, up, gets in like disguises and things like that to, to trick people and then serve them papers yeah but when she serves you you go right yeah but i think it would have i think it would have been great if she had been uh like uh, like Seth Rogen's character in Pineapple Express. Oh yeah, she has so like a good. trunk full of disguises. <laughs> so good, that would have been great. She was she was great. A very welcome addition to the franchise. I felt a little hoodwinked with uh, Halle Berry. Yeah, Halle Berry she, was Halle Berry kind of awesome. Uh, she's she's the best. Uh, shouts out Lena Waithe made out with her the other night. I know, I saw that. Good uh, for, her. Good for both did, of them. How did we not know that she was hosting Jimmy Kimmel Live? Was that like a last second surprise thing? I think it might have been. I think so, yeah. I didn't I didn't. Either way, I've got to watch that episode. I'm sure it'll be the best because we're still searching for something uh Lena Waithe uh does not do perfectly. But yeah, Halle Berry not in the movie a lot and uh so serve a whole lot of purpose either. Right. And, and as a result, they don't really like sink their teeth into telling us much about her. She's just someone who John Wick knew at one point and uh, is pissy towards him right. and it, likes dogs. It, it didn't really feel like she served any purpose other than John, the John Wick franchise being like, hey, look, we got Halle Berry. Yeah, and that's kind of cheap and, uh, and unfair. Uh, also, shouts out to that reporter who asked that insanely insulting question of Quentin Tarantino oh, and Margot man. Robbie in, this, in the name of being woke. Okay. Yep. I Margot Robbie is an angel for answering that person's question and like doing it. That in was a very so insulting and doing it in a very, very 
professional and absolutely way. Yeah. And then the, then the headline, I, I don't know. Quentin Tarantino is a person from Adam. Maybe he's a dick, but he's, variety. He's, he's definitely like abrasive and sort okay. of a dick, but like, but that is his personality. That's his persona. That's like just sort of what he's known for. And not like a dick in, in the way that like, man, what a fucking asshole. It's just like yeah. this guy. It, it, he's that's like just the way that he the, the way that he operates yeah he's like a very strange artist and his response to the uh to that question was hilarious he's just i reject your hypothesis and that was it that's <laughs> he could have done a lot worse and variety came out and was like quentin tarantino snaps at reporter he, no no snaps at female oh, reporter right. like made it about he was picking on this woman reporter and look like Bad questions get asked. Dumb questions get asked in press conferences all the time. But that was, I mean, it was, a, I would say probably a more offensive uh, question of Margot Robbie to be like, hey, your role didn't matter because you didn't speak as much. And this is, and this is a role where I haven't seen the movie, but like the Jeff Lowe's of the world and everything like came away from this movie being like, yo, Ro- Margot Robbie put on like a masterclass by like being in it as much in a character that that doesn't emote a lot and when you don't do that like the chances are you're not really going to stand out and do a great job and apparently she killed it and this reporter was like hey uh hey didn't Margo, notice you in the movie <laughs> yeah yeah that's so and i i think that she was well-intentioned but man that is a that is a mean thing and that was that was just a, a crappy question and I, again, like I don't feel bad for Quentin Tarantino at all, but him being like, "Yo, that's a super duper loaded question," and I don't agree with any of what you're asking, is a better way of handling it than a lot of people would. And here's why I think he didn't snap at her. I've gotten the snapped at in press conference before. Here's how you know if someone snaps at somebody and is really, really like stewing over a question they look at you the rest of the time. So like if Quentin Tarantino, like it, it seems like Quentin Tarantino was like that thing you said was just wrong and I'm not touching that. If he was really, really, really pissed the whole time Margot Robbie was answering, he would have been looking at that reporter. Yeah. Or, or he would have like let it stew in, in inside him a little bit. And then but like, like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, you're right. And then like interrupted Margot Robbie's answer, which would have been super tough for her. I thought that he handled it just about as well as he could have. He just didn't touch it. He was like, I, I disagree with your question. That's all I'm saying. That's it. I'm not going to snap at you. I'm not going to make it a big thing. And then he just let her answer. So I, I thought that he handled it fine. I feel bad that Margot, like, I, I feel bad that it fell on Margot Robbie to end up answering it. But again, she, she handled that way better than I think most of us would. Uh, anyway, my favorite dialogue in this uh, movie was when they're sitting in the Continental and the guy who's been hired to head the team of assassins to kill John Wick uh, says to John, uh, you know, we're the same. And this is as John is reconciling with his dog who's licking his face. And John goes, we're not the same. And the guy's like, yeah, we are. (laughs) no we're not we're not the same it's the stupidest dialogue in the world and it's all happening while a dog is licking one of their faces 
<laughs> it's like classic John Wick. So, so good. Also, I need to point out uh, Winston. You know Winston? Is that the concierge? I think that's his uh, the, the uh not the concierge the manager. Sure. Like the, the like the 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 guy the the, the guy with the gray hair. The guy, oh, like oh it, um John, what have you done? Oh, the Ian McShane? Yeah, sure. That guy. Uh yeah. he is my hair goals. He's great. He's got wonderful hair. I think that I'm going to trim my hair a little bit and dye it gray to look like that. That is some of the best hair I've ever seen and for a movie that has Halle Berry for my takeaway to be like damn that old guy's hair <laughs> that he's he, you know that he's packing heat incredible yep. incredible overall uh, I would say that I was I was very satisfied with John Wick 3 but um, it it is not as good as the first two I, I might be comfortable saying that, it, that it's the the worst of the series but I agree but also by like a somewhat small margin. And I didn't come away from it being like, damn, John Wick 3 was disappointing. Exactly. I think that I I would also I would rank it third, but I but worst does not worst seems inappropriate for it because worst uh indicates that it was bad or disappointing. It was I, it was like on the it, same level as the other two, just not right. as good. I thought that it, it came out of the gate really strong. It lost a little bit of momentum in the middle. I think that once Halle Berry entered the picture, I, I sort of, I, I don't want to say checked out, but it was just like, all right, wh- where are we going? Here? The, what, it it going was on? more, it was the most confusing of them, like the toughest to follow. I would say not by the time that Halle Berry was there, because I, I was still uh, following the storyline by then. But when he got to the guy after Halle Berry, the one that cut his, that made him uh, do his uh, cuts. No, not the seven cuts guy, but the one that made him do a little operation on a part of his body. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, by then I was like, okay, I'll I'll say it. I don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, some people don't even know who they are when they look in the mirror because sixty six percent of men lose their hair by age thirty five, and by the time they start to notice, it's too late. They don't know who they are. Some people could call them gross, but not us. Because hair, you're beautiful no matter what they say. But it's easier to keep the hair you have than to replace the hair you've lost. So think about it. How are you going to feel a year from now if it's business as usual up there? I'll tell you what. Business will be worse. Do you want a bald spot to pop up or do you want to do something about it? Why do guys turn to weird solutions or do nothing when they can turn to medicine and science? We got a solution. It's 4 a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men hymns connects you with real doctors and medical grade solutions to treat hair loss you got well-known generic equivalents and name brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair we're not talking about the gas station counter supplements we're not talking about snake oil pills it's prescription solutions backed by science no waiting room no awkward in-person doctor visits save hours by going to forhims.com. it's so easy you just answer a few questions and a doctor will review and prescribe you uh, products are shipped directly to your door. So order now. Our listeners get a trial month of hymns for just $5 today. Right now, while supplies last, see website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. Go to forhims.com slash brunch. That's F O R H I M S dot com slash brunch. Forhims.com slash brunch. Yeah. Uh, 
on the topic of the Halle Berry character and, and her role in the movie, I also thought that like their fight their fight scene or, or it wasn't even a fight scene it was, it was just like straight up gun shooting the entire time uh, there was a good mix of of hand-to-hand combat and just straight up gunplay in this movie but their scene with the with the with the shooting with the shootout didn't really do much for me wasn't a lot going on there yeah that actually seemed like the laziest of right. the I, I feel like Halle Berry's whole situation was they put I think you said it earlier like they felt very satisfied with okay we've got Halle Berry now let's go from there. Halle Berry's the friggin' goat man, but like you got to give her. Now I'm gonna be the. Now I'm gonna be the uh, the, the the reporter that uh, that called Quentin Tarantino Satan would be correct in raising this point. Like, yo, if you're gonna get Halle Berry, like, give like, her something to do. Right. Don't waste Halle Berry. Right, like she, and again, I didn't see the Margot Robbie performance, but from what everybody says, it was like this great big thing. Uh, Halle Berry, I felt they kind of wasted, so that's disappointing. Uh, But again, overall, great movie. I'm going to see it again, um, either today if I have time, which I don't think I will, or maybe sometime uh, this weekend. It leads me to this. Uh, Which movie are you more excited to see coming up? Aladdin or Booksmart? Both came out. We were texting about it yesterday. I didn't realize that Booksmart was out. Booksmart for sure, a hundred percent. Same. I don't. I don't want to see Aladdin. Aladdin me neither. Yeah, I have no interest in Aladdin. Aladdin is the Carly Rae Jepsen album for me. Except I don't know that Aladdin's going to be good. From what I've seen, uh, Vince Mancini, who is film drunk on Twitter, I, I trust him, and he has good opinions on movie. He said that it was. He said that it was. It was good. I think. I think that he said it was like a visual spectacle, and it was an enjoyable movie. But it does get somewhat political. And I don't know if I want my Aladdin movie to get political. I mean, as long as it's doing the politics I like, then cool, because I'm (laughs) a baby. But yeah, that seems a little... It seems weird for a kid's movie. I don't know. I feel like we we live in a world now, though, where like not to be too dramatic. Everything's People are so dumb that like you have to be political and you have to remind people like what is right and what is wrong. And I don't think that we necessarily needed that as much uh, in years past. But, I mean, like, Trump is president. People are legitimately banning uh, abortions. So I think that that, that politicizing and uh, taking the extra opportunity to tell people, especially kids, like, what is right and wrong. I'm usually, like, I would normally be the last person to be, like, force your message, blah, 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 but, like, Man, like the 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 very easy, obvious messages are kind of falling on deaf ears these days, which is horrifying, but it's reached the point where it's not surprising. So I'm all for, you know what? If you need to make like a bubblegum commercial political, then the more the merrier, because people are friggin' stupid, man. And maybe they'll get it from a gum commercial. Maybe that'll be the, the one that gets through to them. But yeah, I'm looking forward to, to Booksmart. Uh, I don't know how it's been reviewed, but... Uh, those kind of uh, high school hijinks movies are always, or mostly always good. And I always forget what her last name is, but Beanie, Jonah Hill's sister, is great. So I think that this is a recipe for success. All the reviews have said that it's it's one of the, the best movies of the year. And I think it's an A24 movie. Oh, hell yeah. And so those are, that's a, that's a first sign that it's going to be a, a hit. So, uh, I love pretty much everything that a 24 does. Hell yeah. So my uh, ne- 
Last thing on John Wick. Uh, what was your favorite death scene or favorite kill? Um, the one that comes to mind is definitely is the answer. Uh, would be uh the axe one, but that was a little redundant. Uh, if we want to talk, if we want to talk redundant. How about the second horse kill? Oh Which, yeah, the first time they did the horse kill, I was like, okay, that's that's like a, a ridiculous John Wick thing. Uh, I'll, I'm, I'm here for it. And then they have a second horse kill the guy in the exact same way, and I was like, what the hell is going on here? Oh, I that that first horse kill was great though. It really, yeah, was. it was it was a it was a very like oh yes, and especially like early in the movie, yeah, I was, I was there for it. And then they always start the movies always start with a chase, which I like. Yeah. And this one, Boban, right out of the gate. What I was going to say, I was going to pass on or I was going to incorrectly say my favorite one was Boban's death. Just so we could talk about Boban. Boban would be I don't know how we didn't hit on this before the movie came out. Boban would be the worst assassin in the world. Like, talk about not being able to blend in. He's the biggest dude, and he's a big, clumsy idiot who seemingly sucks at being an assassin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unless, like the, unless the job is he just stands over a crowd of people and is able to shoot down on his target in like the middle of a crowd. Yeah, I mean, like, the guy's got junk martial arts. He's <laughs> got, he brings nothing to the table other than his size, which, again, as an assassin, I think is a negative and he's got that more than anybody ever has. He got way more lines than I expected to uh, him to in this movie. He, he probably had like what six or seven lines, and yeah. I just I just expected him to be like a an extra sort of like a hunchman in the Same. Uh, a henchman in the back, a hunchback, <laughs> a henchman in the back who just like comes in and has like a one on a quick one on one fight with John Wick. He gets a, his own scene, his own speaking lines, one on one. I was, I was impressed. First, he's the first one when yeah, everyone's coming at him. He's the first one. And I was like, oh, we're, do- we're doing this already. Huh? Wow. Wait, oh, wait, wait. This is going to be like a six minute. Si- oh, wow. Like Boban is as much a part of this movie as Halle Berry. Who knew? Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, I'll say uh, my favorite. I loved the underwater kill. That was oh, pretty yeah. great. That was cool. So um, that's one that stands out to me. Yeah, it was a good movie. Yeah, I'm. I can't decide whether I'm going to see that or uh, Booksmart, but I definitely have to see it uh, a few more times. Uh, Barry has concluded uh, one of the best seasons of television in recent memory. Uh, I would not say the finale was a plus, but it was really, really good. It has kept Fuchs in the picture which I really thought that this season was going to be about kind of kind of what they did with uh, Michael Rooker's character in uh, Walking Dead, where they're like, all right, this character sucks. Let's bring him back and give him an interesting storyline for a little bit uh, as a way of killing him off or like pushing him off the show. That's what I thought they were going to do with Fuchs uh, as the series went on. And no, now just Fuchs is a awesome character and Barry's enemy, which is crazy. Yeah, and uh, and somewhat with uh, Noah Hank now, which is wild. The uh, the Bolivians. 
Yeah, um, the biggest takeaway from it, uh, and I'm stealing this from a friend, is this is where the show is really getting into Breaking Bad territory, where you've got to make up your mind on, uh, can you ever consider Barry to be a good guy or well-intentioned? I mean, not a good guy. He's a murderer. But legitimately, what he does in this episode, like he's back to... Uh, like what he was doing when he was at war, which is killing people for no reason. When he kills right, the uh, blackout rage, yeah. When he uh, when he kills the uh, the Chechen guy, the, the one who like loves him. Who, yes, that was that was devastating. That when he came hurt. when he came back and just like looked at him and was like, "Fuck, I just I killed this guy and didn't even think about it." That was that was legitimately devastating. I felt worse about that death than any death that I saw in the season of Game of Thrones. Yeah, man, Game of Thrones, but Arya killed the Night King, which was true, man. Dude. True, you're a big, you're a big uh, Arya guy, big Game of Thrones guy. I'm telling you, I'll go as far as to say that I stand Arya. Hell yeah, nice. She's she should have been on the Queen instead, or on you're the driving throne. the Arya fan club, uh, fan club train, dude. Can you just to tell me this in all seriousness? How does it end up being Bran? I didn't think it was going to be Bran. Yeah, that was. Yeah. In all seriousness, you want yeah, me to tell you? I am, I am furious. My opinion is that it shouldn't have been Bran, dude. I I agree with you, man. You do? I do agree. agree with you. Thanks. It's a solid take on my part. <laughs> yes, exactly. uh, why not make it, dude, like, honestly, I saw that and I was like, anyone <gasps> but Bran. <gasps> I was like, this isn't even a good twist. Make it, you know who I would make it? Aria. I I would took the words right out of my mouth. I would make it Aria. Can't make it the Night King. He got killed by Aria in the Battle of Winterfell, and th- th- all that build up to that battle. A lot of build up to battles. It seems happens in Game of Thrones, huh? Every yeah. reaction I ever seen fr- uh, from Game of Thrones uh, people on Twitter is like, after all that build up to that battle, <laughs> that battle was underwhelming. Well, can't wait till next week. Because it seems like there's going to be a crazy battle. I'm like, yo, man, are you not seeing this? Like, you're falling into, like, history's repeating itself. You're developing habits. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you're not wrong. For somebody who doesn't watch the show, I'm impressed with the how on the nose you are with Game of Thrones takes. It's, I don't know, I've, I've, I've been exposed to quite a bit of it. But if we're if we're going to talk about not delivering, um, we did mention the fact that Barry keeps building up to these these cliffhangers and then not delivering on them, and they did that again. He did it again. Fuchs, Fuchs and uh, and what's it? Uh, uh, Cusano. And are we are we approaching the territory where we're like, hey, shit or get off the pot? At some point, it's going to get old. It hasn't gotten old yet, but people are now pointing it out. Randy pointed it out uh, recently that it's gonna get old i think that maybe for him he's starting to get a little restless with it but some like i mean it stinks the only solution is someone's got to die fuchs or cusino has to die right and the thing is they didn't really introduce any strong new characters or at least like really strong new characters this season so if you kill somebody off you're not really you didn't give yourself that that leverage yeah and the acting thing took a step back this episode uh sally i think might end up racking up a higher body count than barry by the end of (laughs) next season uh so who knows if there will be an acting class or sally 
she i mean i can talk forever about her uh penultimate episode so great but as a person i am worried about sally she uh she might be the worst man that's why she's the best that's why she's she's such a good character uh is silicon valley coming back soon you think I don't know. I haven't not. I haven't seen anything. I, I did. I do think that it was included in uh, in HBO's little. Hey, don't forget all all about these shows now that Game of Thrones is over. Like before the final ah. episode of Game of Thrones, they well, just put together like a ninety minute movie of like. Hey, we also have other stuff. Please don't cancel your subscription. It was in that. So well, on a Carly Rae Jepsen level anticipation heat check, uh, how much do you even care about Silicon Valley? at this uh, point uh probably an all-time low same same i like i could legitimately see silicon valley coming back and me not catching it for a couple days which is crazy yeah i i'm not uh, i'm not out on it by any means but uh, i definitely recognize that it hasn't been that great or at least wasn't that great last season and really and i think that it's the by far the worst of two alec berg shows and I, I just think that a lot of a lot of what's going on in Silicon Valley is tired at this point. Yeah, um, but I don't know. Shit, man, the shy is going to wrap up uh, uh, one of these weeks, I would imagine. So I'm going to need a show to watch, and I guess dead I to me. oh, dead to I me. People, dead say, to me. people uh, say to watch that halfway through it. It's very very good. Christina Applegate's amazing. Linda Cardellini. It's a it's a tour de force in Linda Cardellini looking worried, which we love. Hell yes. Hell yes. I'm going to watch that. I started to watch the Lonely Island thing where they rap about uh being Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco and I fell asleep. So that's my recommendation for that. 